everybody, it's Ray with Geeks Who Like Sports. Just wanted to say, hey, how y'all doing? Uh, we're doing something a little different this week. We are taking the Kevin Eastman interview that we did last week, uh, and we are cutting it out of the show, and we are, well, making it its own separate thing. So uh, if you missed it or missed the last week's episode, you don't have to scrub and try and find it. Fortunately for you guys, we have taken it. We made it its own separate thing. Here is the interview that Lee and I did with the legendary co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kevin Eastman. Enjoy. Yeah, Kevin, again, I'm, I'm Lee. That's Ray. Uh, our show is called Geeks Who Like Sports, which is pretty much a hybrid show between all geek lovers and sports lovers. We made a, sport, a show that merges them together, and we found a massive audience that we thought existed, and we're really proud that it existed. And, um, you know, having you on our show is really an amazing thing for everyone, including the audience. So I really appreciate your time. Well, you know, first of all, thanks for you guys for doing this because, you know, it's I always love to like, you know, um, as an artist, I work at home most of the time. So I sort of like I have my own space, and my own ideas and my own things. and I do this kind of thing. So this is a great way to fill in the gap, because one of my favorite things in the world is going to comic conventions and meeting the fans that we get to meet. And I love that because it's sort of like. You know, if you're working at home alone and you're doing this, that, and the other thing, and then you actually meet the people that sort of <laughs> actually like your ideas, which is great. Um, so this is a wonderful way to reach them, and so um, I'm, 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 it's my real pleasure to join you guys tonight. So thanks. Yeah, well, well, thank you. It's such a pleasure to to, to see you. You might not remember we actually I actually interviewed you um, 11 years ago for when I was still I was at ESPN for the 25th anniversary of Ninja Turtles in New York City. There was a big celebration in New York City, and I w- we talked then. It was a very long time ago, so it's a, a great pleasure to have you on another one of my projects here uh, <laughs> to again talk about Ninja Turtles, amongst other things. So, yeah, welcome to the show, Kevin. Of course, if, of course, for those of you who haven't realized, this is Kevin Eastman, of course, the co-creator of the Ninja Turtles, also editor and publisher of the magazine Heavy Metal, uh, and just one of the most prolific comic book creators and artists of really of our generation and we are truly truly honored to have you on the show sir it is uh it is great to, to see you and uh hope that you are doing well during these times i am you know and it's my pleasure to join you guys and uh you know i extend my most heartfelt and warmest wishes to you know your friends and family that are you know we're you know it's a very strange time for us all and and i know we hear that every single day and i don't want to be one of those guys that sort of brings out to say like you know i'm not rolling it out to remind us every you know us all that um it's a difficult time but we just power through think positive thoughts and then like you know this let's all join together and look like let's look down you know two miles down the road to what's going to be um the most awesome time for, for all of us and so and fingers crossed to all of us in between so yeah, no, for sure. It, that's something we typically try to preach here on the show too: is is to stay positive and to control what you can control, and and try and uh, you know th- things are there are better days ahead, and uh, just to stay strong. But uh, you know, uh, we 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 talked, of course, we mentioned co-creator Ninja Turtles, and it's such a, a wonderful universe that has that Lee and I have enjoyed consuming for for so many years. Uh, and uh, you know, we just wanted to know, like, what's it been like to play? play in a universe that for that long and to be creative and to, 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 you know, have this idea be embraced by so many fans and then just to continue to build on it for such a long period of time. Well, you know, to me, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like, I'm looking over your, um, 
over your shoulder, and I see the uh, um, the picture of you know Curly. Um, and <laughs> that was like, you know, when I remember like a, one of my favorite um, examples of um, people, parents that were concerned about the turtles when the first turtles were introduced, and they're like, you know, teenage mutant turtles, they are this, this, and this, and they're so violent and stuff. They didn't have cartoons like that when we were kids, and they showed an example of the Three Stooges, which to me, the Three Stooges were the thing that was one of the biggest inspirations that I ever had to all things Turtles, you know, including Bruce Lee and whatever. Um, but I think that, like, um, what we've been so lucky with the development and the creation of the characters of the Turtles is that it was inspired by our Jack Kirby's and our Stan Lee's and so many um, giants that we stood on the shoulders of that we inspired by comic books and stories and adventure and stories and whether it be swashbuckling and space adventures and things so if you create your own characters that you can take to all those places all those kind of adventures then that's the greatest character of all so that was our basis of the creation of our characters and so we followed you know it's like I want to feel like <laughs> I know it sounds so terrible to say but it's like I feel like we we ripped off all of our favorite things and put them all into the turtles, and that what made the turtles work because uh, everybody loved all those ideas beforehand. So <laughs> we, we stole them all. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Well, you made you made something truly, actually, unique though, and something that again still resonates with with fans today. But you mentioned some of your your comic book inspirations and some of the. Uh, uh, you know, other people that you 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 might have borrowed from or inspired from, like Kirby and Stan Lee. And uh, what I wanted to find that was interesting is that something that's getting a real big push right now, uh, actually by DC, is the Batman versus Ninja Turtles crossover. I think they just finished their third volume of the comics. They turned it into an animated feature. Uh, you know, what was it like to see your characters uh, play around with Batman? And I think you even got a, you drew you drew Raphael for a couple of issues for that, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Tell tell us about how that came about. And what it was like to see the Ninja Turtles meet Batman, such an such an iconic eighty year old comic book character. Dude, it's like you know, it's like first you have to imagine yourself as like I'm just like you. I'm the biggest geek in the universe, and so I love. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, it's funny because I actually mentioned to um, the people at IDW, um, and I said. One of my favorite Jack Kirby comic books was called uh, Commandy, The Last Boy on Earth, which was very much based on, um, you know, kind of the apes and that kind of thing. And so I said, would it be great to do a Turtles Commandy crossover? And they went like, nobody knows what Commandy is. Or <laughs> knows what is. Why don't you do a Batman, uh, why don't you do a Turtles Batman crossover? And we went like, well, we didn't know that was on the table. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> so they, uh, when DC's fully tuned in, they brought in the amazing and super talented James Tinian and uh, the Uber, my best friend in the whole world, uh, Freddie Williams, uh, um, who brought that story to life as a, as a comic book series. And then we did three episodes of that. But it was sort of like the community idea spawned the Batman Turtles idea, which then um, was fantastic because... It was a very unique and interesting idea, and it was sort of geared toward this older audience. So when um, Warner Brothers Animation got hold of it, and Warner Brothers had done, I think, in my opinion, it'll never replace, you know, um, Dark Knight or Batman Year One and those kind of things. But they did do animated versions of those 
particular storylines, including you know the Killing Joke and that stuff. So when they decided yeah. to do you know you know Batman Turtles as an animated thing, I was thrilled, and I thought it came out really wonderful. And my friend Andy Kuhn um, designed a lot of those characters for that uh, design, but it was um, it's good. It's like I think that. If somebody, you know, and actually, and people have asked me in the past, and they said, you know, if you saw the future of the turtles and you said, where would you see them go from now? I would say, I would point them towards either a live action version, much like the Daredevil version that Netflix did, or an animated version, much like the um, Warner Bros. did with the uh, with the Batman versus Turtles. You know, Kevin, one of the cool things we talked about with Batman and the Turtles was just it made so much sense once we saw it and read it. It was one of those things like when it, when you put it on paper, it's like this makes perfect sense. So this is my question for you. Obviously, that's a great crossover. We've also had Turtles crossover with other Turtles, right? So if you could do another crossover anywhere you want, I know you mentioned one already, but if you could cross over the Turtles with anything else right now, what would it be? Well, you know, that, that's such a great question because, you know, it's like a, I feel like um, even the Batman Turtles crossover, which I think was wonderfully done, um, I would I would still would have, you know, I love the directors, I love the animators, I liked everything that was done, but I still would have pushed it more towards an edgier version. Mm-hmm. Uh, much like, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I said, like, if you could do a full-on Turtles, Daredevil, edgier version, much like the Daredevil's Netflix version, which would be great. Um, but at the same time, it's like, um, I don't know, I just feel like uh, um, I would like to do a version, <laughs> and it's a, this is drifting way back, but love to do a version based on what Peter and I originally wrote, and I feel like that, uh, um, I, I feel like I would love to direct a story um, that would be sort of the full roots and heart and soul of um, the original Cavities and Peter story that would be um, all the edge that we all loved and appreciate. So, um, but, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so we mentioned before that we like to try and be positive on the show, and we have a lot of other folks in our in our Facebook group that's always growing, and, and they, uh, you know, they thrive on creativity as well. What would you... What message would you give that to, might help these folks who want to create something of their own? What inspiration might you want to give them? Like, what do you just pursue their dreams and to create something, um, you know, create a universe of their own or any advice that you might have? Uh, what words, what words of wisdom could you, could you possibly impart on our audience who we know is again, full of a lot of creators? Well, that's, that's such a great question because it really is, um, you know, when I think of like, um, when I go back to, when I dial back in time and I think like, you know, when Peter and I were first, you know, trading and drawing and submitting ideas to uh, underground publishers and stuff that we, you know, we had submitted a number of things to like Marvel and DC and some of the mainstream publishers, which we get, you know, you know huge rejection letters um, from. But it was sort of like um, as the independent comics community grew, it was a small community and it didn't mean like, you were making a living drawing comic books, but you were drawing comic books. And that was like, that was your dream. That was your, um, uh, that was your dream. That was your dream come through. And so when you fast forward to today and the idea that, um, 
um, so many different artists are writing and creating and doing things that are so original and so creative that I think you have a way of reaching a much wider audience that we could ever have hoped to reach for when we did the original Turtles comics. But you can reach a much wider audience that you can find an, uh, an audience for your original idea, your original thoughts, and, and sort of explore it whether it works or it fails or it doesn't fail. But the most important thing is like, um, you have to stay true to your idea because um, every idea that you come up with, you will have people that say, well, that's stupid, that will never work. I had parents that were deathly afraid that when I said I'm going to draw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for a living, they said, well, oh my God, we're going to have one of those kids that's going to live in our basement for the next 10 years. <laughs> but, I think was, but I think it was just sort of like the passion of um, telling a story with characters in creation and, um, and hoping for the best. Um, but stay true to yourself, taste, stay true to your dreams, and then hope for the best because it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's tough. I was going to say it's actually also it's also interesting, especially for comic books. Now, it might be a little tougher. You mentioned, uh, of course, in the 80s, you had the rise of the comic book store, right? You had these hobby stores where like people geeks could congregate and just talk about comics or play cards. But you're seeing a real push now for um, you're seeing a real digital push. Um, Do you think in today's more digitized world, hey, what do you think is the future of the comic book shop, and and do you think that this, the advent of technology makes it harder potentially to be an indie comic developer and get your stuff out there, and to you know, is it more difficult now? What do you what do you think of the advent of technology and what's that done for uh, the comic book industry in general? No, that's a that's a really good question because it, it's 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 a big, you know, in every one of those questions ends up like. Because right now we're in that situation where um, everything ends up with a giant uh, question mark where you go, well, we knew the business before. We knew that if we created an idea, we uh, exhibited an idea, we developed an idea, we showed examples of an idea that we then sort of put in this the solicitation market of, say, like Diamond Comics and things like that, which then would put us in a position where comic book stores, um, and God bless every single comic store, would order a certain number of the comics that would sort of perpetuate and help us reach an audience that would uh, find our characters interesting and stuff that would be um, inspiring and that could allow us, those creators, to tell an ongoing story. But I feel like um, we're in such a dicey, dicey, terrible place where... You know, you have the most original idea in the world, and, um, and you just can't sort of find a way to reach an audience um, because we have a million distractions. Like you have to pay rent, I have to pay rent. We, you know, everything that we're doing in our life has to be managed and understood and pursued. So it doesn't leave a lot of opportunity for exploration for original ideas but because we have the internet because we have social media groups because we have so many different things that you can sort of expose these ideas to a small group and potentially a larger growing group of people that's the place where you build your audience so um much like when we kind of lobbied and literally like you know 
flowing through the terminals into the marketplace that we call the direct market and who knows what it worked or not into the comic universe. But you have a way with new fresh ideas that you can reach a worldwide audience, even if it's only digital comics. Mm-hmm. That's how you can build bigger ideas off a digital idea, an exposure of an idea, an original idea, and then sort of hopefully that will expand into something that could be something that can be published and something that can be, um, um, you know, I want to say like, I love to say a movie or TV and that kind of things, but um, you know those things you don't know about. But it's like original ideas are the ideas that make it all work. Kevin, I, I got to ask you. You know, um, again, I know we have so many minutes with you. Our show is called Geeks Who Like Sports, so we'd be remiss if we didn't bring up sports for one question here. Now, the word is on the street that you're a, you're a New England Patriots fan. So, I, is that first off? That's correct, right? Okay, good. So, so listen, first off, congratulations on the last 15 years. That's where I'll end that conversation. What I want to ask you is you, you've, you, you have a lot of green, green in your life, all right? And when it comes to New England Patriots football, green's not a friendly color. You got the Jets, you got the Eagles, right? So does, does, that, does that come into the play at all, or do you have to deal with that, or is that something that bothers you? And then more importantly, how do you feel about Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay? <laughs> Well, you know, look, you know, it's it's funny because like um, people that will ask me questions and um, they'll assume that I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I I don't, um, and I'll tell you that right now. But I'll tell you that one of the things is like um, when I started like you know, the kind of thing that I was reading and drawing and doing stuff when I was a kid were. The things that inspired me as a com- comic book artist and a cartoonist and that kind of thing. But I was also, I was like a huge, like, <laughs> I was, you know, for all of us that grew up in New England, and it was like, um, I love the Patriots, I love the Bruins, I love the Celtics, and I love the Red Sox. Um, but, you know, we spent those years, and in, in, so we live in, in San Francisco, and we live in uh, San Diego right now. And it's funny because, like, you know, like I've been a I've been a lifelong Patriots fan, and it was, you know, you know, Bloodsoe and and uh, um, you know so many other people that oh that was a relationship for the Patriots. It didn't matter; they were our team. That was my team, and so when uh, my son, our son Shane, um, who's um, a Patriots fan because I'm a Patriots fan, um, and people go like. Well, you're a fan because of winning right now. I said, no, my dad was a fan. Even before they weren't not a good team, they were a great team, but they just never got there. So um, it just you have to. It's like I feel like it's like um, you just have to be true to yourself. It's like, and I and I'm I'm true to like you know creators that are like and artists that are like and writers that are like and teams that are like and. Uh, to me, even though you know Tom Brady might have jumped to uh, Tampa Bay, but the you know Tampa uh, or to Florida, it doesn't matter. It's like oh, it's either, I like I like the Patriots when they lost for 29 years, they were terrible, <laughs> and then you know uh, Tom Brady made them win, made us win for all those years. But it's like yeah, 
Um, I'll still be true to my team, to my home team. Well, I'll tell you this. I'm from Philadelphia, so I understand that pain completely. Ray's from New York, so he's had a year or two where his life has been rough. But uh, no, thank you. Thank you for answering the question. I know I know Ray's got another question and a big one, so I'll uh, go to him. Uh, no, I mean, like, I, I, I was kind of with, with, with Lee there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like obviously, uh, you come, thank you for coming on with two guys who, uh, uh, who ended up beating your Patriots, beating Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, <laughs> Eagles fans and Giants fans. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping he would laugh there, Ray. That was a little dangerous. But we'll I was going to say, I, was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, okay, I had let, to rim a little. Let me, let me say it specifically right now. It's like my, dis, my most disappointing part of tonight is like, I would like to be sitting with you two guys having a beer and just shooting the shit. Cause that would be yeah. like, that would be the coolest night ever. So it's like, here we are. It's like, look, it's Thursday night. We're just hanging out. We're talking online and we thinking about our, our friends and our fans, but like, you're the kind of guys that I like, I'd like, you know, look, let's all want a beer and sit there and tell stupid stories, tell stupid, stupid ideas and just talk and uh you know i missed that and that's 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 kind of been like uh um why i love doing these kind of events with guys like you is that we miss doing these kind of things at shows um because um, you guys are the best and you're our fans and you guys have given us the greatest the greatest job ever and so um so i promise you this once everything is gone and once everything is passed, we're all gonna sit in a bar one day and we're gonna have a beer. Wanna just no nobody's gonna record it, nobody's gonna think, but just we're gonna have a beer and just chat. I I definitely look forward to that. You know, we talk about how sad it is, you know, I'm I've been in the uh for the for the past thirteen years been a part of the con scene as a as a report as a reporter. Uh and also now I'm on the creative side. I work for a video game company now. Uh, and yeah, and miss, the cons are um, just getting together. It's it's really just the people. That's what made at first when I first started going to cons, it was the spectacle, right? San Diego Comic Con, E3, all that other stuff. But then it's be like, this is my chance to get together with my friends from Seattle or from Miami or from San Diego, and we all get to come together and meet up and like you said, just have a beer and chill and. You know, sure, the spectacle is great, but it's that's what it really becomes about. It becomes about the people. So, um, so to, 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 real quick, Kevin, because then we got to close this out. One is I'm always tempting Ray back to Philadelphia with cheesesteaks. So it's on the table for you two. I'm buying as many cheesesteaks as you want. And then to close this out, we, we got to ask this question: Is do you do you know if we're gonna get a new Turtles video game anytime soon? Yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question. It's like I want to tell you first and foremost is like. I'll make a cheesecake. I'm, I'm sorry. I'll make a cheesesteak that will, will sandwich that will embarrass your country. In your city. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Honestly, I worked in a deli for the longest time, and so um, cheesesteak was the best thing. It's like you, you know, carefully slice the meat, and you sort of do like carefully slice the onions and the uh, green peppers. You do this stuff. So it's like everything is like has to work, but. I'll tell you that the um, uh, um, I'm sorry, I'm thinking about cheesecake. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got us all thinking about cheesesteaks now. Um, no, but we'll. Um, um, no, we wanted to know if, if if there was a possibility of a new Turtles game coming anytime in the near future, video game. Thank you, 
because that is a great question because um thankfully and uh, my wife's Courtney's over there um, no, because we've had like so many conversations with people that are developing a new Turtles game, and it's like to me, it's like it goes back to the same idea that we talked about before. It's like we wanted to do that uh, idea that was something in the vein of a Daredevil, edgier sort of version of the Turtles. So hopefully that will be something that they'll pursue, but we don't know. Well, we we would love that, and I think the the older turtle audience would definitely dive into that 100, percent and probably let some kids play it too. <laughs> so in the meantime, we're I'm making cheese cheesesteak for you and you, and we're doing something crazy. Oh, I definitely. I love this when when things get back to normal, cheesesteaks and beer all around. Uh, well, we, you can come to, you go to Philly. If you go to Philly, Kevin, I'll go to Philly. If you, or you want us to come down to San Diego, we'll, uh, we'll figure, we'll figure it out, man. I think it's a great plan. Um, but thank you so very, very much for, uh, taking some time out of your busy schedule to talk to us. Uh, it really means a lot. Uh, and we got to do it again soon. You have an open invite. Whenever you want to come on the show, Kevin, you are more than welcome to come back, man. <laughs> oh, thank you. First and foremost, to, to thank you and yes, it's like this is um, this is the stuff I live for, and this is the stuff I love. So, you know, as we um, let's revisit this conversation when we talk about um, last Ronin seriously. So, so we'll nice. do that. Awesome, cannot wait. Again, thank you so much, uh, Kevin, for coming on. We really, really appreciate it.